and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me as always is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I'm pretty good. Uh, I will, by the time this episode drops, I will likely be at least 50 hours deep into it but i bought stardew valley the other night um mm. finally i don't know why it took me so long i guess i guess i've just been like really delaying it but i'm excited to start playing the, start playing and get into this game because i've heard with the occasional like not bad but more of just like okay i like o- like okay response i've heard nothing but like stellar things about this game i would say just give it a second because at first you'll be like so i just, I just farm stuff and then eventually you'll come back and well, be like, yeah. where do I get more gifts for my boyfriend? <laughs> what does I mean, he like? Do you like grapes? You look like grapes. Do you want you grapes? You look like grapes. <laughs> Your hair is purple. You like grapes. <laughs> exactly. And Logical. With this, exactly. Uh, I was to say, Peter, the Stardew Wiki is your friend. Feel free to. Oh, no, trust me. It. Like I, I already have that tapped. I mean, yes. not tapped. I already have that bookmarked. Indeed. And with this as well is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I am doing very well. Let's see if we're going to go with the video game themed intros. I just learned about a new update on Horizon Zero Dawn, where if you yes. play through the game on this, what is it, new game plus mode or whatever it is, which yes. involves playing through the entire game again, but with all of your previous equipment and stuff. Then, uh, and if you complete it on ultra hard mode, you get all these face paint options for Aloy, and I'm really into it. So, this means I'm going to be playing Horizon forever, basically, yes. which I realize is the goal, <laughs> but I'm excited. Maybe uh, no side quest this round, just do. Yeah, I think that's the goal. Just speed through Straight the speed run. Do a speed run on ultra hard mode just so I can get the damn face just, paint. Don't do any of the corrupted zones on ultra hard mode. You know, like just. That's right. Yeah. No. I will die immediately. Horrible death. Yeah, just face one rock breaker at a time. That's all I ask. <laughs> oh, God. All right. No, they'll send three after me on ultra hard. And speaking Oof. of. Uh, uh, video games i just got uh just before the started uh, in the mail i got my steam link and my steam controller so i'm gonna start playing video games Ooh. on my tv so i'm excited for it so we're not talking about video games we're talking about star trek but there were a uh, deep space nine video game maybe we need to play that and talk about it at some point one of my bosses started playing that uh he uh he's well he, he went back to playing it like two weeks ago and 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 because because he hadn't touched it since it came out and he was telling me he was like yeah they've actually like over the years like the servers are still the servers are still alive and they've they've over the course of this game's lifetime they've added so much and i was like dude what that's that's nerds for you (laughs) oh that's so nerd so nerdy yep well this week we are talking about season five episode five and episode six which is the assignment and trials and tribulations First up is <laughs> the assignment. You almost did that, like wah, 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 wah. she was so close to too. <laughs> no, it was just sarcastic laughing. That's just how it sounds. We begin the assignment in Quarks, where Rom is happily ending another tiring night of doing the engineering night shift. 
Meanwhile, Miles is worried as Bashir overwatered Keiko's bonsai trees, and they have died. She's returning home from a trip to Bajor. Miles is forced to be the one to tell her, but is surprised she is not mad, and even more surprised when she reveals she's a demon who's taken over her body. Clearly, the O'Briens love roleplay because he's kind of into it, but then the entity reveals itself to be real by killing Keiko briefly, then returning her. It threatens Miles, saying that if he does not do exactly what it wants, it will kill Keiko, and can do so in less than a second. The creature has access to Keiko's memories, so it knows exactly what Miles would do in the situation, namely talk with his friends, and it reminds him it only needs the smallest window to kill her. It demands that Miles recalibrate various objects all over the station, but does not say the purpose. It also reveals that real Keiko had planned a surprise party, and it, as it is the chief's birthday, and it demands he plays along. Meanwhile, Rom has been bumped up to the swing shift due to a vacancy, and is assigned to a long, meaningless task so that Miles can do the changes in secret. Unable to come up with a reasonable solution, Miles does the changes and goes to the party. He is visibly shaken during the party, but no one notices any difference in Keiko. However, he overhears an interesting conversation with Keiko and Jake, who wants to know if she saw any Pa wraiths in the Bajoran fire caves, and Miles realizes that this is likely what has possessed Keiko. While Miles sees Keiko with Molly, he loses his cool and breaks a glass in his hand. The creature takes him aside and reminds him to keep up appearances. It also reveals the initial changes were just a test, and the real work begins tomorrow. In the morning, Miles decides to tell Sisko, but as he walks towards him on the promenade, he sees Keiko on the upper floor, who throws herself off. Keiko survives with minor injuries, but the creature warns Miles that he now has only 13 hours to finish his changes, or else it will kill Keiko and Molly. Miles does his best hiding his tracks with false reports and different fluctuations to hide his changes. However, suddenly Rom appears and surprises Miles as he has already finished his duty long before anyone else usually does. Miles tells Rom that he is making the changes under a secret order from the Federation, and that while the higher-ups know of this mission, everyone has to pretend to not be in on it. Rom, the sweet, naive fool that he is, agrees to help the chief make the changes. Miles is close to being done by working through the night, but of course Dax discovers all the minor changes and recognizes them as sabotage. Odo and Sisko realizes the intricacies of the changes must be from someone in the engineering department, so to buy himself some time, Miles points the finger at Rom, who is taken in. Rom holds up under questioning, but demands to speak to Miles. Rom says he will keep up the ruse, but he wants to know why the Federation wants to kill the Prophets, the aliens in the wormhole. Confused, Miles asks what he means by this, and Rom notes that the changes they were making were converting the station into a chroniton emitter. While the beam would be harmless to creatures in linear time, it would disrupt and kill the time stream of the aliens. When Miles notes this, he wonders why a Pa Wraith would want to kill the aliens, to which Rom informs him of the Bajoran legend which Lita has been teaching him. Pa Wraiths once lived in the wormhole, but were cast out to the Bajoran fire caves as false prophets. The Wraith clearly wants revenge, and to return its people there. Miles now knows what he must do. He tells Rom the truth, but asks him to stall for time. He goes to change the emitters to his favor, but is stopped by Odo, who notes Miles left a sloppy trail, which Miles admits was out of panic. 
He knocks out Odo and has Wraith Keiko meet him in a runabout. They go to the wormhole against the wishes of the crew, and Miles activates the sequence he created. However, now the chronoton beam hits the runabout, which kills the Wraith inside Keiko, and she is freed. Back on board, Miles is greeted by armed security, but gladly fills them in, and he is not charged with any crime. Keiko reveals that she was aware the entire time, but had no control over her body. The two embrace, happy to be normal again. In Quarks, Rom arrives suddenly sullen, and reveals he is no longer on the night shift. Quark is relieved, thinking his brother was fired, but instead Rom reveals Miles promoted him to the day shift, and Quark reluctantly makes him a stack of pancakes in celebration. What do we think of the assignment? Rom is the real MVP. <laughs> Seriously. He's so smart. Oh my god. Like, most of just... my notes are Rom is so smart. <laughs> like even it was just Deus Ex Rom. all these changes, he's just, he's just like, I know what's happening, dude. Like, well, not well, not like I like I know like why you're doing this, but he's just like, we're making the ship into a chromaton chromaton beam. It's just like, what? <laughs> How'd you just figure this out? O'Brien didn't even get it. Now, granted, he was under a lot of, you know, mental duress, right, but true. still. Yeah, because like, he does a little thing where he's like, ah, oh, I wasn't even thinking of that. Cause he wasn't really thinking what it was doing. He was just worried about Keiko the entire of time. Course. But yes, Rom figured it out. And he also knew the Bajoran legend, too, which is crazy. <laughs> yes. Yep. I thought for sure he'd be like, compare profits with Pa Race to the computer. But Rom's like, I already know that. You don't even have to ask computer. I know that one, too. Because Lita, aw. <laughs> yeah. Rom and Lita, they're friends. No, no, this this movie was basically Get Out to Get Out to Ke- Keiko. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, the part at the end. Yeah. The part at the end where she's like, I could see everything, but I couldn't move. I was thinking her floating in that black void. Like in the sunken place, just like, yes. oh. Looking out that window. By the way, if you guys haven't seen the GIF of the Mario Odyssey remake of Get Out, it's hilarious. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> uh, um, so to, so for everyone who doesn't know, um, uh, is, is it Super Mario Odyssey, Ben? Yeah. Yes, yes. So 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 Super Mario Odyssey is going to is going to be the uh, newest Super Mario game that that Nintendo is releasing for the for, for their console, the Nintendo Switch. Uh, the kind of the quirk of this game, though, is that is, is that Mario more or less enters the body of like a Anything bunch of different things on. in this game. Yeah, like and, and 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 you and it's notated by his little hat that has eyes on it now, being on top of that being on top of that being's heads. So everything from people to fucking dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's kind of like Kirby in reverse. Yes, kind of, yeah, and and there's just this wonderful shot of Mario throwing his hat, and it lands on on Chris from Get Out, and then it shows like the sunken place, and Mario <laughs> looking Mario's at him face in the little window. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. I need um, you guys to send me that video. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. Sorry, future Ben, you got to okay. find that gift too. Um, <laughs> I just had to find a gift for the last show I just posted. So. <laughs> um, I, I'm curious about you guys as your overall thoughts and stuff. So, but I really enjoyed it. I had one sort of issue with it, but overall, I thought it was a very good idea for tension 
uh, Keiko and O'Brien are like the perfect people again to do it. It's almost like an O'Brien has suffers, though Keiko suffers obviously as well. So I don't want to take away from the yeah. female yeah. narrative on this one. But uh, I thought it was just really good, interesting tension, and uh, it puts you in an interesting place where you don't want him to succeed because obviously the thing wants him to do something terrible, you know. And then, but on the other hand, you're like rooting for him to get away with it because you want him to be okay with Keiko. So, yeah. right. What did you guys think of the overall episode? I really liked it. I was, I mean, engaged the whole time. And, you know, I was kind of into evil Keiko at first. I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. But then she was just flat out scary. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> just just don't hurt Keiko, please. Yeah, when, yeah when, when the paw wraith made it very clear, like, I just need half a second to make a hemorrhage in Keiko's brain and she's gone. I was like, oh so like the stakes are act the stakes actually exist in this episode yeah there's like a nice little bit where like she basically kills herself and then comes back up she's bleeding from her nose and she's like you people are fragile Ugh. which is like yeah. and i thought it was kind of cool that they tied it into the uh, wormhole and the prophets as well like i wasn't expecting that <clears throat> although as soon as jake mentioned the paw rights i was like you know what i'll bet She's one of those things. Yeah, it was like that was that was that just idea. too too obvious of a name drop, right? But uh, I'm yeah, curi- I'm was, curious if they'll come back because it's like an interesting little bit of fable legend and stuff like that. You know, it's one of those. It is, but things. I kind of doubt it. I mean, as far as we know, the rest of them are still trapped in those caves on True. Bajor, so they'd have to make another trip down there. And now that they know the paw wraiths are there and what they can do, I imagine they won't. Yeah, they'll probably one hopes, avoid it. Like one the hopes they put up caution tape, <laughs> board up the place. P.S. The paw wraiths are real. <laughs> Don't mess with them. Don't go down there. Bad juju. Yeah, it, it 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 it'll be it it'll be like um, it, it, we'll, we'll get another one of those one of those wa- wa- walking Walking Dead memes where uh, where um where where, where they will, they will have they have on the door like like the, like the like the whole don't dead open inside. <laughs> <laughs> I love don't dead. No, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, hot take time. Woo! Since we all like this episode, might as well add a little controversy into this topic. Do it. My only issue with this episode is I think Rosalind Chow has great chemistry with uh, uh, Cole Meany. And I like her generally as an actor, but I've always found her very stiff. And I feel like this episode in particular, she just wasn't quite up to the challenge. And I didn't really believe her very much as this evil Keiko. And I kind of wanted a better actress in this role. There's my hot take. I will How agree with feel? that. I, I, I don't disagree with you on it, but at the same time, the fact that she was still kind of playing Keiko, but saying all of these sinister things made it creepier. Yeah, I, guess. I did. I did like how casual like she was, it was still. Yeah. Like yeah. it was just like, like she was still acting like Keiko, but she's like, I'm gonna kill your wife and daughter if you don't do what I say, okay, Miles? All right. You know? All right. I think that that was the best thing about the script, was that they just got it at right away, which I thought was really good. That it wasn't mm-hmm. like him trying to figure out what she she wasn't like, Hey, you should do this. Like the, the entity was straight up like as soon as they got a second with Miles, it was like, 
so I'm an evil demon. I have control of your wife. You better do what I say. You know, like it was, right. I liked that a lot. And like it showed that it was clearly something that this creature had been planning for a very long time. Yeah. They just needed someone to walk in the door to be like, ha, gotcha. It's like, oh, well, okay then. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think it, I think it also helped with how, with, with how, the, how early on the power wraith also said yeah now that i'm inside your wife's body i pretty much know everything she does so i know how to be keiko and i will be keiko very well like i will act the i will act the hell out of this right that's why i, I felt like um and so um before i get into my little spiel i just want to note that uh I'm going to compare this a little bit to domestic abuse, but I completely understand that this is not a one-to-one comparison. You cannot stop domestic abuse by shooting magic lasers at somebody. That would be wonderful. Mm, That's how that worked. But I do feel like this, this episode kind of trafficked in some of the, um, I guess sort of ways that domestic abuse partners control their partners, which I thought was very interesting. The way she was like, no, you have to sleep in the bed with me even though I'm a monster and like, you know it, you know what I mean? And like she forces him mm. to kiss her and like makes him keep up appearances and yells at him in corners and things like that. Right. It's like that sort of tension of the person I love is also someone I'm deeply afraid of. You know what I mean? That's what I yeah. thought was yeah. really interesting. And particularly in the scenes with, with her and Molly and he was like, just couldn't hold it together. I thought we were very emotionally affecting. And uh, I thought it was maybe not their intention to do that, but I think it was an interesting way of like, using some of those kind of imagery to increase the stakes in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I didn't think about that when I was watching it, but uh, now that you've described what you mean by that, that, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm not crazy. <laughs> this isn't my, yeah. my weird Moana um, interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i think that's what makes the episode good is is you care so much about about keiko and miles you know what i mean and uh mm-hmm. you know there are just these wonderfully effective little scenes where she's like brushing molly's hair and then like she pulls a little too hard and you don't know if it's on accident or on purpose to like make yeah. miles like yeah. freak out you know what i mean and it's like those sort of little tension moments you know we're just yeah that was mm-hmm. that was such a sinisterly intentional call to make to be like you should call your dad so you know so, so you know a i can have you right here but b i can also tell miles exactly how much time he has left yeah one thing they didn't do which i kind of thought might have been an interesting way to take it was uh, Molly never seemed to have any clue that Keiko wasn't Keiko, and mm. that surprised me a little bit. Like, I don't know. I, I would at least expect her to say, like, you know, mommy's acting weird, or mommy doesn't feel like mommy, or you know, something like that. You know, right? right. The sort of child intuition thing. Yeah, and yeah. child's intuition is something is something that, like, you know, we as adults, whether we're parents or not, you know, li- like to like to say, kids notice more than you think, and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And it's like, well, then why didn't Molly notice this? Like, she would have said at least something to Miles and been like, "Daddy, mom, mom, daddy, mommy did this," and I don't know if she's ever done it. And he and and have and have to have him like, without panicking, be like, "Don't worry, mommy's fine. It's good." Right. Like, that mm-hmm. would have been a nice. That would have been a nice moment. Yeah. 
So I don't know if that was just, you know, a lapse in the, the storytelling or if that was meant to further solidify, like, you know, this being knows how Keiko functions inside and out and therefore can fool even her daughter, you know? Right, right, for sure. No, I think that was what they were kind of going for, was that it could have hidden in plain sight, even around Miles, you know, for forever, you know, if it didn't reveal mm-hmm. itself and its in- intentions. Which yeah. is super scary. Very scary. Yes. Very scary. This isn't an actual complaint. I just thought it would have been nice if they had a little joke about the bonsai trees at the end for a little yes. bit of liberty. The bonsai trees. I would have liked a little joke where she's like, you know, I'm still mad about the bonsai trees, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My last note is a pineapple emoji. And I'm wondering why was there a joke about pineapples? Oh, he, he was going to have pancakes with pineapple. Oh, okay. oh. yeah. Which is weird. About to say, like, wow, that is a very, very odd note to make, Sarah. <laughs> Oddly and specific. You know, I can't believe pineapple. I remembered Why? that. I don't know how I. I, don't I know. certainly didn't. Your pineapple emoji triggered a deep memory, so well done. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else to say for the assignment? None from me. I'm good. All right. Well, next up is Trials and Tribulations. Yay! The biggest villain. I love this episode for so many reasons. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the closest show comes to straight-up fan fiction. So, the biggest villains in the history of the show have come aboard Deep Space Nine, temporal investigators, who are there to investigate a recent time travel snafu that the crew experienced. Cisco reveals that it all started when they were gifted a Bajoran orb, the Orb of Time, from the Cardassian government. On the way back to Bajor, they picked up a human named Barry, who claims to be a merchant who was trapped on Cardassia when it was invaded by Klingons. Later, when the crew are discussing Worf's smell, chronototic radiation fills the ship, sending it back in time, and something beams away. When they look out on the view screen, they are surprised to see the original Starship Enterprise in all its 1960s, I mean, 2260s glory. Worf and Odo meet with the crew and reveal Barry was really Arn Darvin, the Klingon agent made to look like a human, which you can hear more about in our Blood Oath episode. Darvin survived all these years seeking revenge and saw his chance to change the past. The crew decide they have to get aboard and discover what Darvin's plan is. They dress up in full cosplay, including a wonderful revealing skirt for Dax and a wacky haircut for Bashir, and they get over there. Sisko tries to find Darvin, while Dax fangirls very hard. Odo falls in love with Tribbles. Odo tries to figure. O'Brien tries to figure out how the turbo lifts work, and Bashir has a nervous breakdown when he thinks he may need to become his own grandfather. Worf reveals to Odo Klingon's utter hatred for Tribbles, which Odo laughs off. The station goes to red alert when a Klingon vessel arrives, but Dax remembers it's Koloth and that the situation will work out fine, though is saddened when Sisko won't let her see him. Bashir and O'Brien join Odo and Worf at the bar, and after Worf acknowledges that whole Klingons didn't have forehead ridges in the original show thing, a classic Star Trek brawl breaks out. Odo and Worf notice Darvin and give chase, but Bashir and O'Brien are caught and brought before Kirk. After being reamed out by stock footage, O'Brien and Bashir notice that the station is overrun with tribbles. Odo and O'Brien catch Darvin, who reveals he set, and this is real, 
a triple bomb that will kill Kirk, as a triple is how Kirk discovered Darwin's identity in the first place. The crew now begins scanning every triple on the station. They eventually find the source in a compartment that Kirk opens up. As they throw tribbles onto Kirk's head, they finally find the triple bomb and transport it to space where it explodes. Sisko tells the investigators that everything else went exactly as it happened in the past, except he did go get a signature from Kirk, because hey, if you're there. They use the orb to get back to the future. While the investigators aren't happy of what happened, they do not see any direct violations and let Sisko off the hook. Dax and Odo note they were lucky the investigators didn't notice what they brought back, as the entire station is now infested with Tribbles. What do we think of Trials and Tribulations? I First loved note. it. How do you not notice that an entire station is now infested with Tribbles? <laughs> Maybe they just didn't care. I was trying to figure out why they were describing it, but yeah. They probably started yeah. out they, with they like three... Fast, yeah, they probably started out with like three when the time police got there, and then by the time they left, there was just you know a right. thousand of them. <laughs> yeah, because because they haven't told anyone. Don't feed them. I love uh, I love that um, Dax's uh, solution is we could buy, we could just build another station. <laughs> yeah, right. This one like, the it, it was a, it was a very legally blonde what like it's hard type of moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this episode is a lot of fun. Uh, if it's not obvious, it is a 30th anniversary episode. It was in honor of the 30th anniversary. They also did a Voyager episode with Sulu um, called Flashback. So maybe we'll get to that one one day. Um, hint, hint. And uh, they did a really, really good job integrating the old cast with this old footage from the 60s. Yeah, yeah, that was impressive where they had like Kirk and Spock in the foreground and Cisco and Dax were in the background. It looked pretty seamless. Right, yeah. yeah like, I, I had like, a... Um, like when, you going, Peter? No, I was going to say like, like, when, like, when they, like when they first, uh, when they were still on the um, on the Defiant and they first popped out and they were like sitting in front of the original Enterprise, like, I, 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 made, I made a note in my phone. I was like, did they just slightly change the film filter of this to match the original series? And then when they actually got onto the station, I was just like, nope, they changed the filter. That's awesome. I'm down. They did. They used actual 1960s film stock and cameras. And yep. the guy who shot it was... That's uh, so cool. The director was a regular cinematographer for the um, the series. And they were like, dude, you're going to know how to shoot this the best. So just direct the whole thing because you're going to know how to light and do all this stuff. And they did a... That is so good. That is so smart. They did even a job of like they cast actors who look like they're actors from the sixties, you know what I mean? Right. Kind of like sixties mm-hmm. vibes to them. Like those hairstyles, dude. Oh god, see those back. Yes. Oh, and the makeup. <laughs> uh, Just to see Dax in that sixties so skirt and the mini skirt. Yes. Okay, I was like there for that. I was Just having like, this is an emotion. <laughs> no, was no, that I think, emotion no, I think... lust. <laughs> yes, yes it was. <laughs> No, I, I have in my I notes. There, Please too, let Sarah. us see Dax in one of those skirts. Three notes later, Dax. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, Bashir's hair though. Oh, right. Talk about Bashir's hair. It's like no, a really I, I, ugly I wanna Caesar. Sp- I want to speak to that because because one of my favorite moments of the episode was was 
right was right before they left the Defiant to go into the space station. It's a it's a shot it's a shot um from 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 left to from left to right of Cisco, Bashir, and O'Brien, and 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 all and all and all of them are wear all of them are wearing are wearing their appropriate colors for 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 their for their like actual positions, you know, in their current time rather 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 than the past timeline. And I'm just like, so basically, you're showing me Kirk, Spock, and Scotty, like quite literally. Kirk, right. Spock, and Scotty. I'm down yes. for. It. I mean, even with Bashir's haircut, like with how wacky it was, I was like, this is clearly an allusion to Spock and how and how he like and how with this he kind of looks Vulcan, but he's not right. exactly Vulcan. I I fully expect I. He looked like he was about to have pointy ears there for Thank a second. Yeah, I thought so too. Is that. he cosplaying as a Vulcan? Is this happening? Uh, actually, I just want to pause. Um, yeah. So Sarah totally made a similar note to you um uh viewers you can't see this but but uh but 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 but, but ben and sarah you can literally in my notes i was like dax legs, legs. yes <laughs> all caps cisco says upon seeing dax cisco says i think i'm going to like history me too cisco <laughs> me too <laughs> <laughs> This is a really fun episode because it, it feels like the writers both do got both got to fanboy and girl out uh, like to their heart's desire of the original show, as well as totally fix and address a lot of the weird continuity problems that have come right. up over the years. You know what I mean? I, I just mm-hmm. love that sequence where they're like, Klingons, where? And then they point to a bunch of white people in beards. And then everyone turns to Worf like, Worf? What? He's like, it's a long story. Don't worry about it. I'll explain later. And I was like, yes, perfect moment. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> they are Klingons. We don't talk about it. Don't it's good. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about it with outsiders. <laughs> it's brilliant. I and also then you just love. Have like, uh, um, go on, sir. I love Worf's story of the epic battle of the Klingons <laughs> against the Tribbles. Who are their mortal enemies? Oh, it's like the songs of the great tribble hunt. <laughs> yes. Right. Odo was like, I'm sorry. Are there songs about it? Yes, actually, there totally are. <laughs> like, I'm not I want to here. hear Klingon opera about the defeat of the tribble. <laughs> I, w- I want to hear Worf sing that opera. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And for 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 the for the woman that, for the woman that Bashir was like, do I have to become my own grandfather? And like, and, and like a Terminator moment before Terminator happened, like or, or the or at least before I forget which movie it was, but before like that particular Terminator movie happened, I, I want to say, was it Genesis? Was the most recent one? Genesis I forget. I don't know. With one, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Amelia Clark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Terminator yeah. Genesis. Where it's like, am I, am I gonna have to become my own grandfather? I, like, I was sitting there watching this moment. I was like, okay, I realize that this is like total allusion to like to like the original series and like the '60s. But oh my god, how hard this woman is hitting on him! Just oh, right. obviously, I'm, I'm I'm new. I'm new on this ship. I'm going for my physical tomorrow. Turn like stops, turns around. This is my name. 1500 hours. I was like, oh. <laughs> so I forget that '60s oh, yeah. show was all about sex <laughs> like everybody oh, yeah. oh, yeah. was like just throwing it around speaking of uh we get two sex moments from uh dax which are quite adorable where first she's like nice. looking over at spock and kirk and she's like he's so handsome and you think he's talking about kirk she's like that's spock 
Woo. <laughs> I know. I have I have a note about that. And I, originally, my note was going to be like, oh, my God, of course, Dax thinks Kirk is attractive. But mid-note, in all caps, I went to, yes, get it with Spock. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No, same, same. I was just like, Lord, Dax has the hots for Spock. I am here for this. Cisco immediately shuffles her along. Yes. <laughs> like, nope, we're not doing this. Dax. We're not doing this. She is the cutest fangirl. Would, would you like to reveal the other moment, Sarah? Oh. Yes. So um, Dax sees uh, Dr. Leonard McCoy, Bones, on the bridge. And she's trying very hard to remember why why she knows him. She's like, wait, I know who that is. She's like, oh, yeah, I remember when in one of my you know previous lifetimes, I went to school with him at Ole Miss. And... Uh, he was very good with his hands. <laughs> I knew he was going to be a Dax, doctor. fuck McCoy. It's canon. I and I accept I they went full fan story. <laughs> they went full slash friction. It's great. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. It's officially canon in memory alpha that she had sex with Leonard McCoy. It's yes. pretty wonderful. It's pretty wonderful. Indeed. This Indeed. is why we love Jadzia. Yes. <laughs> and she's just fangirling out this whole episode, which is great. She gets like the tricorder and she's like, like oh, I miss is, these old tricorders. The tricorder, I have a moment, I have, I have a note of, would you like a minute alone with that tricorder? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and, the, and that's why I call this entire episode just like a big, huge, like kind of Renfair-esque cosplay type of t- type of deal where everyone there is everyone is there for like so like like a star trek themed ren fest even though star trek is clearly not renaissance but everyone's in cosplay everyone's in character and things are just happening i was like she's just fanboying off of she's just fanboying off of seeing like on, on seeing some of her some of her favorite cosplay artists and, and costumers just be there and she just wants to hook up with all of them yeah <laughs> which by the way totally happens at cons Oh, yeah. I have been to I have been to one officially anime Matsudi early earlier this year mm-hmm. earlier in 2017 planning on going next year with some friends hoping to do cosplay as they revealed to me that type of thing totally happens and I was just like oh yeah and I was like okay now everything makes sense everything <laughs> makes sense now yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> um to go back to the integration with the old stuff, right. I actually had to look up one epi- one of parts in the episode just to see how they sort of put them into certain situations. Like the part with the Kirk is yelling at everybody was really great. And right. like basically they just replaced like two sort of not as big characters uh, with uh, O'Brien and Bashir. And they did it like super elegantly and very well. Uh, for, yeah. for special effects in 1996. I mean, I know Forrest Gump kind of um, pioneered this, but that was like a multi-million dollar movie. This episode did cost the most of any DS9 episode, unsurprisingly. It was like $3 million for the episode, apparently. Oh, wow. wow. Um, but, you know, still, it's not the biggest budget in the world to do a lot of special effects, and uh, they had to recreate the models, and they had to... They actually got all the tribbles, apparently, from Magil Barrett. She owned a company that made them for um, cons, to sell at cons. So like they just bought cool. all, they just like got all of her extra supply of tribbles. <laughs> Which part of me wonders Can would there imagine? actually be like a feasible extra supply of tribbles from a Star Trek con, but okay. Yeah, Can you imagine that phone call? They call up the company, Hi, we're gonna need some tribbles for this episode we're making. Great, how many do you need? 
Uh, We're going to need a, a few, few thousand to express how many we need. Yes. And just some other nerdy little bits that I enjoyed. Um, the guy they confused for Kirk is actually Kirk's, uh, well, William Shatner's stunt double in oh, the cool. show. Yeah. So it actually was like a little joke there. And I also yeah. enjoyed uh, the investigators. Their anagrams are for Mulder and Scully from X Files. Yes. <laughs> Dolmer and Luke Sleep. And I love that line where they're like, they're like, oh, the original Enterprise. They're like, oh, Captain Kirk. So many temporal violations. <laughs> it's like they clearly dealt with him. Okay, they do not like to, they do not like hearing that name come up in any kind of conversation, any kind of investigation. Which, by the way, Memory Alpha does list what they think are the seventeen. So if you want to nerd out, go check that out. Yes. There's even like a little nerdy reference where they're like, "There's been five Enterprises, six because First Contact was about to come out like a week yes. after this episode, and there's a new Enterprise." Nice. Yeah, I, I, I caught that too. I was just like, why would they bring up six? Wait a minute. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. So anyways, just like a lot of little jokes here and there that I thought were, were really charming. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, one last one, Bashir. Uh, they're talking about like uh, how the uniforms were different colors for different stations in the old show. Uh-huh. And then uh, and they're like, why was that? And Bashir goes, damn it, I'm a doctor, not a historian. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just like, just like little I that. dumb jokes, yeah. There's like a lot of little silly jokes like that in the whole episode, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Also, the guy who plays and Arn Darvin is the original actor who played him in the old show. They got him back. Yeah, I noticed okay, that. That. That's makes awesome. me, that makes me really happy. Yeah. yeah. Say, hey, dude. Uh, like he, he gets the call. Hello. Hey. Um. So we're doing a tribute Star Trek episode. We know you played this role years ago we were wondering if yes i want to do it again thank you very much i've been waiting for this call forever <laughs> exactly it's like how they got all those uh klingons back for blood oath mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i thought that was so cute that dax was just like can we just go hang out with koloff <laughs> right like i got like and, and, and cisco was like no we can't do that it's like but he won't know why can't we just yeah. say hi it's like dax trust me when i say this <laughs> But I, but I, I, I like I like how I, I like how the temporal oh God what are they, what do they call themselves and temporal investigators they're the time police the time police <laughs> yeah let's just call them. how I, I love how the time how um one of the time police I forget which one uh, after after Cisco was like yeah so I told so even after I told everyone we can't do we can't we cannot talk to any of these people except me because I'm gonna go get an autograph from Kirk he was just like I mean can you blame him. Who would? Yeah. As much as we don't like him, who would, yes, it's Kirk. <laughs> He's <clears throat> and it's nice to have Kirk and and Cisco, the two captains, on the same screen. It's just very cute. Yeah, it was that was that, yeah. was, that was a pretty nice moment. <clears throat> was there anything else to say for trials and tribulations? Oh, uh, I have one. Uh, the guy, uh, the guy who walks up when uh, Bashir and uh, Bashir and O'Brien are like trying to fix stuff and, and, and the guy and the guy walks up and he's just and the guy walks up and he's like scotty put me here i was just like scotty put me here when he walked up i was just like cute dude what's up <laughs> how you doing oh i i, I just remembered this the, the the funny the funny moment when when bashir and bashir and o'brien get on the get on the uh 
uh, get, get, on, get on the elevator, and they're and they're just like they're just talking like, how does this work? And 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 then and then that woman who like starts hitting him with shears, she she just walks in, just like and, and like just turns the knob, seventh floor or like or what whatever, and the, and the two of them are like, we will not tell anyone <laughs> this happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that is our episode this week. Next week we will be discussing season five, episode seven and episode eight, which are "Let He Who Is Without Sin" dot dot dot, and things past. As always, I want to another thank... Bible verse title, right? Yeah, yeah. I love those lately. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at cptn underscore Meatshield. Our awesome artwork is by Joe Bowen. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at tuscanshed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Never